Hey, shut up and listen! The Shut Up and Listen Podcast, hosted by Jim Gray. Raw, unedited phone interview. Talking about music, movies, culture, business, and random stuff. And now, enough of me. Let's hear from Jim Gray. Hey, this is Jim Gray, and you're listening to the Shut Up and Listen podcast on Frequency.fm. My guest today is Rob Overholtz, otherwise known as what I call him, Robocop. Because with a name like Rob, how can you not call somebody Robocop? Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tim. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Is, is this the annual like, Shut Up and Listen podcast for you? It's like where you, I shut up and wait, wait. I, wait, I, I don't know. Anyway, somebody shuts up and listens. Um, it's like turn off your phone, you know, put the kids down to sleep and go listen to the podcast. Um, that, that's just a theory. We don't really know if that'll work with the end user or not yet, but, uh, hey, it's good. Um, where do you live? What city are you, are you hailing from? I, I, uh, I call Austin, Texas, my home. So yeah, that's where we're currently at. Yeah. So, uh, right here in the live music capital of the world or self-proclaimed live music capital of the world. Self-proclaimed. So for, unlike that other racket up the road from you there. Uh, Rob, um, per the instructions that I gave you before this podcast, you have 45 seconds to tell me who you are. Okay, 45 seconds. Here we go. It's great. I start where your earth shakes and you face some unwelcome change, but you don't have to be afraid. I talk about change when things rearrange. You don't have to add all the rings. You'll get through it. I'll help you do it. It's the bullets that are prison. I use music to get through it. You can't do that. Nothing to it. I don't use PowerPoint slides because that's not fun. You won't even know that you've been lectured when I'm done. I'll entertain and enlighten. You don't have to be frightened. Right the end of your world as you know it. It's the end of your world as you know it. It's the end of your world as you know it. You'll be fine. Did I go over 45 seconds? You're good. I was just laughing because you just totally broke into song, which, which, so, what is your day job? <laughs> well, my day job is I get to travel around and speak in the corporate market and the different venues and the private markets, uh, and I talk about change. It's basically what I do. So I use my guitar, that's my shtick, uh, use musical metaphors to express how, regardless of what's being thrown at you, you can survive it. I use two sides of that. One is called Risk Like a Love Song, and the other is Respond Like a Jazz Player. In the risk portion, I, I basically just talk about how you can push forward regardless of your circumstances that are odd. And in the Respond Like a Jazz Player, I walk through a how-to plan uh, for how to, how to function when things don't go according to plan. I use jazz improv as my backdrop. It's a lot of fun. Very cool, very cool. So I remember I saw you speak uh, here in Colorado Springs, actually, when that's when we first met, and... Um, I love it because you tell the story and all of a sudden you broke into song and it was such a great way to break, you know, kind of awkward speaker silence. 
You know, you're up there fighting up with the people. And no matter what they tell you, Rob, it's more comfortable speaking in front of the people. You can like, oh, imagine they're all naked. That doesn't work for me, okay? It never has. Um, Rob, here, here's, a, here's a question for you. If I, if I show up at your house tomorrow, get off the airplane, get, it, get in a rental car, I show up at your house in Austin, Texas, where are we going to go? All right, if you show up with a rental car, where do we go? Well, we got to hit at least a few things in the town here in Austin. I'd take you to 6th Street because you got to hit that. That's where the live music capital all happens. But we'd want a road trip, man, wouldn't we? I mean, I, want, I like a little adventure. Oh, yeah. I'm a pioneer. I'm yeah. a little pioneer in me. So we'd have to road trip, and I would want to take you someplace special, Jim, being that is you. I'd probably take you where you can experience Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, because, you know, you don't ever get to experience that. So that's what I Wait, would Wait, I'm in, but Rob, I'm, I'm, I, I ate chocolate. You know I'm, I'm in Colorado. Yeah, but you, you've never seen it from a visitor's perspective, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. Not, yeah, not really. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't you would even get, think about you that. You would get to ride in with me and, and enjoy my awe of the Rocky Mountains. Because, so if I show up at uh, your house, you're going to take me to Colorado. You're just that weird. <laughs> I'm just that weird, yeah. But from there, we'd have to head out to the coast because the Pacific Coast is, you know, a must-do. So we, we'd, travel, we'd travel west, young man. If you came here to Austin, we'd travel west. I need to set a budget when I travel with you, okay? Um, yeah. So, Rob, I've got my oldest son. He's going to be a senior in college next year. If you had a chance to speak to him and his peer group, what, what would you say? Oh, well, without a doubt, I would say know yourself. Um, you know, when you're young, it's just so easy to let other people tell you who you are, even well-meaning people like your own parents and maybe professors or whatever, and they tell you, oh, you, you should do this, or, you know, this is the financial climate dictates that you should go into this profession. And I would say take the time, know who you are, know how you're wired, know how God made you, and go after what you're passionate about. Because if you take someone else's advice of who you are and what you should do, you're going to end up flustered and frustrated later and end up going after your passion anyway. So figure out what that passion is. Be honest with yourself. That's not an easy thing. I think most people aren't terribly honest with themselves. We're always trying to be like somebody else. But just find your uniqueness, whatever that is. Uh, we were all made very uniquely, fearfully and wonderfully, actually. So let's take advantage of that, figure out what that is, and go after our, our passion. So, okay, so if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm passionate about let's say music, right? And I've gone through and I've done a music major. So you're saying from a practical, if we're going to give them a practical point, we'd say graduate and then go do something that would equal, be equal to the passion, something that you're passionate about toward your career. Well, I, I think, yeah, you should definitely – you know, I mean, how many times do we see people who major in whatever and they never use their degrees because they got out and then figured out, hey, that's not even what I want to do, and they go after what they're passionate about. So the earlier you can figure that out, I mean, just figure out how you're wired. Don't try to live in somebody else's shoes is what I would say. So, yeah, go after it. You know, when I was what did you, years old. If you, don't mind me, if you don't mind me asking, Rob, what, what did you study in college? Well, I didn't go to college straight away out of high school one. Oh. Yeah, we have to hang up right now. 
When I was 15, I talked uh, a few of my buddies into starting a rock band with me. An interesting thing to note is that either, none of us were musicians. We just wanted to be in a rock band. And, uh, but we, you know, we, we just pushed and persevered very hard, and we got pretty good eventually. And uh, I never became the rock star that I'd hoped to become when I was in high school. But I still make my living doing music, and it's not bad. Mm. So, uh, you know, I say go for that thing. And, of course, eventually I did go to school. I actually went to seminary. Uh, and uh, when, that was in my late 20s. So I did things really backwards. I'm, I'm probably a bad role model. <laughs> <laughs> Since I do what I say, don't do what I do. Um, what? You've got a lot of stories. You and I have talked quite a bit. Um, what is the funnest, funniest story in Rob Overholt's life so far? Man, I've had most bizarre life. So as... You know, the funny thing is if you showed up at my house with a rental car gym, you'd be in for a wild experience because the quirkiest <laughs> things happened to me. But I think the funniest thing I think that's ever happened to me is kind of a strange claim to fame. Um, when I was 20 years old, I was fired from selling Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door. And <laughs> it's the funniest story. <laughs> Not many people can... can Make that uh, you know <laughs> statement. Of all the things, <laughs> of all the things you could be fired from, that's like the most awesome thing I've ever. <laughs> I don't think many people get fired from selling vacuum sorter. I think most people quit. But uh, I'm not a quitter. You know, I'm going all the way. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, not a quitter. You know, I was at this. You know, I was at this uh, place, and it was, it was a really quirky place. They they um they gave you sales techniques and training on how to sell vacuums door to door and. It was, they sang songs to Kirby. It was like going to Kirby Pentecostal Church, to be quite honest with you. And, uh, and I thought that, you know, if these, I, in my mind, I thought if these people can sell vacuum, surely I can sell one. And I was having a really rough day. I was going door to door, getting a lot of doors slammed in my face, as you do when you're trying to sell vacuums door to door. And uh, finally I said, you know, I'm getting in this house and I'm selling a vacuum. And I'll never forget this little woman. She's probably about four foot three, <laughs> if that. A uh, little Asian woman answered the door, and she let me in, and I did a Kirby demonstration for her, and she had the, the coolest accent I've ever heard, and she, she was awed by the Kirby's um, power, and she said, oh, Kirby's are powerful, and uh, I was sure I had the sale, and then I made the final pitch, and she said, no, 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 I'm looking by, and she told me that if she made an impulse purchase, her husband would kill her. And uh, like, I think she might have been telling the truth, but I wasn't satisfied with that answer. So I broke the Kirby down into the handheld position, and I stuck it up on her couch, thinking, when I show her how much dirt I can pull out of her couch, there's no way she's going to turn this down. And I cranked the Kirby up, and as uh, if you'll remember, Kirby is very powerful. So uh, she has a couch cover on her couch, and the vacuum literally starts sucking the couch cover up into <laughs> the vacuum. <laughs> she's she's yelling in the background. Turn off, Kirby! Turn off, Kirby! You know what? I'm, I'm, I turn off the vacuum. I I literally pull her couch cover out of the vacuum. It's got these black streaks on it. Oh, and uh, then she proclaimed to me, "My husband told you now." And uh, <laughs> so I called the Kirby store and asked for beg for mercy, and they came out and made amends with her and promptly let me go. And so I think that's. That's the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, that's a, I love that one, Rob. That's like the best one I've heard, one of the best ones I've heard so far. Um, you have a new project that you would love 
to tell somebody about specifically today, kind of a big day for you, and I want I'm gonna give I want to give you the opportunity to tell the whole world, at least the whole world on the other side of this podcast about your new project. What is that? Ah, well, thanks for asking, Jim. It's uh, my new book, The Keys of Change. Because um, that wasn't planned at all, that little pitch right yeah, there. Yeah, no, that Sorry, was not. Folks. That, that was, that was just awful, segue. but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. We got to, you yeah, know, so Rob's, got, Rob's out of the vacuum business. We got to get him doing something else. So That's right. That's Go right, Rob. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, my book's out today. It's available uh, on CreateSpace eStore today. It'll be available on Amazon by the end of this week um, and then everywhere from there on out. But, yeah, I lost uh, three years ago. Um, my wife and I worked for the same consulting firm. We promptly walked in for a Monday morning meeting and were let go. Our whole division was cut, and we were let go with no severance. Two weeks after that, I found out that the home we were trying to sell in Las Vegas had been uh, taken and stolen by a group of a band of squatters, a family of squatters. They basically wreaked havoc on our home. Hold on. You mean like, you mean like people, like actually living in your home without your permission? Stole the home. Yep. Uh, we had a lockbox on. We were trying to sell it. They broke into the lockbox, went in, changed the locks, put their possessions in as if it were their dream home. There are these antiquated laws in the state of Nevada and a lot of other really silly things. And it took us 15 months to get them out of our home, and they literally destroyed it and left us financially destitute along that journey uh, between losing our jobs and that. And uh, those two weeks in 2012 changed my life, obviously, drastically, but it uh, didn't have to be for the worse. And so I spent, I spent the last three years just honing material, and I've written a book, and actually I cut half the material out. I wanted the book to be very concise. I, uh, I, I say now I wrote it with an airplane ride in mind. The idea was somebody would get on a plane and it would be short and concise enough to make a reader on a decent length plane ride. So maybe take off from point A, read the book, uh, it, you know, ingest that, land at point B, digesting it and kind of living off its energy from there on out. And different, change literally and metaphorically by some of the principles I share in the book and they are time tested. And I'm, I'm really happy. It feels like a huge achievement. The, um, the editing process of writing a book is very painful. It's like mm. visiting a dentist without having anesthesia. <laughs> so it's pretty rough. What is but, the, uh, um, tell me what is, just out of curiosity, you know, maybe there's somebody who's listening that, you know, is maybe they're interested in writing a book. What, how did you decide that you wanted to write a book, first of all? Well, it's interesting, Jim. Honestly, I've, I've, probably for years thought that I would write, eventually write a book, and I never thought it would be this book. Um, mm -hmm. it, this book is a book that I needed to write um, because it was an, an area, one, where I, I, I had some expertise and some authority. And so I think anybody who wants to write, my, my advice would be write from what you know. Don't try to, to know something you don't know and then write about mm -hmm. it. Like write from your own experience and what you know. It's, it's certainly the most authentic. It comes off more powerfully, and it gives you a... a uh, sort of a, you know, a, a well of, of knowledge and depth that maybe other people don't have. And, and whatever it is you are experiencing, other people might need to know and hear from you on that subject, and it could be a great assistance to them. So I'm banking on that, actually. <laughs> Tell me what, you know, just in a, like, what's a brief snapshot of the book? Like, what, do you, what is your goal with, with this book? What's, what's, tell me a little bit about that. 
Well, honestly, I wrote this book. I speak. I get to travel around and speak. And I wanted to have a resource for people to not only remember what I speak about, but, but beyond mm-hmm. that, I, I wanted to kind of take it to another level. I wanted, I wanted to write something and put something in words that would stay with people and that would help them. Uh, you hear all the time how people hate change. I write about this in the book. I refuse to believe that. I think people love change. They just hate change that they can't control. And that's kind of the, the, the root issue that I attack in the book a bit is, um, you know, you don't really have any control over anything in your life except for you and the choices that you make. So with that, if, with that reframed perspective, what are you going to do? And then what I suggest is that you risk well, that you risk like a love song, and that you learn how to just have a, a simple and concise plan and effect for when things get thrown at you that you don't want, because that's going to happen to all of us. And I just I felt like that was something that needed to be spoken into humanity right now. I mean, we're, we're you know, every place I get, I get to go to these different corporate events and different places in the market, and, and everyone struggles with change, and we all are, are, are dealing with a life that is, you know, in constant flux. And so how can we just take some basic things, keep fighting for what we want to go after, and achieve it? Hmm. That's awesome. What is um, – so, so here's a kind of a random question for you. You know, what, you're my very first guest here on the Shut Up and Listen podcast on Frequency.fm. I just really wanted to say that just to be really corny, and I think I did a good job there with the corniness. But um, nice. I'm going to be creating a Spotify playlist called the Shut Up and Listen podcast playlist, okay? Give me two songs that should be, without a doubt, on the Spotify playlist. Two songs that should be on the Spotify playlist. Um, yep. I'm going to say uh, one is Where the Streets Have No Name by U2 because in, for my money, it's the greatest song ever written. I've heard it thousands of times and every time it still comes on, it's like the first time I ever heard it. <laughs> that would be my pick. And the second I'm going to say is for me... It's going to have to be Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. It's classic, mm. and you can't help but sing along. It stays in your head forever. It's a must. Sweet Caroline. Um, I'm not going to... Can you play that on the guitar? Can I, yeah, oh, sure. I can, uh, I can give us a little... Uh, little uh, <laughs> Don't touch me, Rob. Stay away from me. Totally off with that. It's okay. That's why I'm a podcaster, not a singer like you, Rob. Um, a, a part-time podcaster at that. <laughs> We're almost out of time here, Rob. Uh, how do we find you on the interwebs, on that internet? Yeah, if, we're really, you, if we want to Google Rob, how do we find Rob? Real easy. Just type in my name, Rob Overholt, but remember two Bs, R-O-B-B. When I was, young, when I was a young man, I was Robbie, and uh, when I was 12, I deemed myself too cool to go by Robbie any longer, but I wasn't smart enough to figure out you dropped the B-I-E. I only dropped the I-E. So... R-O-B-B-O-V-E-R-H-O-L-T.com. RobOverhold.com. That will tell you everything and probably more than you wanted to know about me. 
Awesome. Well, Rob, thanks for uh, thanks for being my first guest today and for being a blast. And uh, best of luck with the speaking and the new book. And uh, have a great rest of the week. Thank you, Jim. Man, what an honor to be your first guest, man. And and uh, I hope that things go continually amazing for you as well. Thanks so much for having me, man. Thanks, bud. Have a good day. Oh, you too. You've been listening to the Shut Up and Listen podcast featuring Jim Gray. Shut Up and Listen is a production of Frequency.fm and 330pm.com. For more cool stuff, check us out at www.frequency.fm. Thanks for listening. Stay cool.